It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Edition of Locked On Titans. I'm your host, Jimmy Morris, joined as always by Terry Lambert. Terry, how are you tonight? Doing pretty good. What's up, man? Not too much. Uh, we had a Mike Vrabel press conference today, so we'll get into a little bit of what he said. And then last night we talked about snap counts, curious about that, so we'll uh, dig into those a little bit. And then look forward to the Colts a little bit, talk about the line and kind of what our early expectations are for that game. Before we do that, I remind you, we write for MediaCityMiracles.com. We're covering the Titans for SB Nation. You can follow us on Twitter. I'm at JMorrisMCM, Terry's at T Lambert FB. You can get the podcast wherever you get podcasts. Just search out Locked On Titans and you'll find us there. All right. So, like I said, we're recording this Monday night. So, Mike Verbo had a press conference today. Uh, gave a, an injury update or injury updates on a few players. Uh, Jack Conklin, who missed this game uh, against the Patriots because of a concussion uh, in the protocol, he's set to practice Wednesday, it sounds like. And if everything goes well with that, then he'll go through those final steps in the protocol and should be good to go this weekend. Taewon Taylor, who um, was, I think he was limited at the end of last week's practice. Uh, Vrabel said today that he had a chance to get back out there and practice on Wednesday. So we'll be keeping an eye on that. Hopefully he'll be able to go. Uh, they're going to need their their weapons kind of full strength for this game. Uh, other news, Derek Morgan, Vrabel said he could have played this week, but they held him out one more week. So it sounds like he'll be ready. And then David Flewellen, the only update we got there was that he did not tear an ACL, but he will be out this week. So don't have any idea. I mean, I, it looked like a hamstring to me, looked like where, where he was grabbing uh, when it happened. But obviously we know how much information Brable gives out, so we're not going to probably know what it is unless they end up putting him on IR. So, you know, it, the Titans have a chance to be as healthy as they've been all year heading into those games if, if all that stuff kind of breaks right. Yeah, so you go to Dallas, you win you know, a primetime Monday night game in front of the nation. You come back, you beat the Patriots. Uh, today, you're you're getting, this week, you're getting all your players back. I and mean, you're, you're fully healthy. Yeah, I mean, it's time is now for the Titans. Uh, it, it's time to go to go distance yourself, to try and go catch these Texans, to try and go win that division. Uh, the stars seem to be aligning here. Uh, it just just kind of makes you wonder what's going to go wrong because things are just really uh, really going well right now. So the only thing of note, like you said, with Fluellen, maybe they bring up Daylon Dawkins um, if it's serious there with, with Fluellen. Um, obviously, got to bring somebody up, but I'd guess Doc, Dawkins would be the answer there. Yeah, he's been the guy. He's been here obviously since the beginning and was on the active roster for a couple of weeks uh, earlier in the season. So yeah, that would make. Really the most sense. Um, other things that Mike Vrabel talked about today uh, said that Dory Jackson was the player of the game. And we talked about how, um, you know, they they shadowed Josh Gordon with Dory Jackson. I mean, you know, Vrabel said it today, but, you, you know, you've seen a bunch of numbers that, that talked about it uh, on different places, Twitter and, and PFF and all that stuff throughout the day. And I don't think they've done that before uh, with him. I don't, think, well, I don't think they've done that with anybody. But, um, you know, it almost seemed like the Patriots weren't really ready for it. I mean, we talked all week about how we expected them to go after Malcolm Butler and specifically with Josh Gordon. Well, the Titans obviously didn't give them the chance to find out, you know, what, what Josh Gordon could do to Malcolm Butler. But I wonder if that didn't throw the Patriots for a little bit of a loop. They didn't have a game plan to, you know, get Gordon matched up on Butler and do something because I would assume, and we'll talk about snap counts here in a little bit, 
but, but Butler was out there. Uh, you know, Ryan Logan Ryan was on Julian Edelman for, for most of the day. We know Adoree was on uh, Josh Gordon, so that leaves you to believe that Chris Hogan was matched up with Malcolm Butler for most of the day, and I don't know that he was targeted more than once. Yeah, they don't they don't target Chris Hogan in general. Um, so a smart move of the Titans to to shadow your the oppo- opponent's most dynamic receiver uh, with your mi- most dynamic corner. Uh, so you have to play Malcolm Butler, and, and I think Vrabel has, has stuck to that. Um, and if he has to play, just don't match him up on, on the best receiver. So th- that really helped. Um, you know, we talked all week. You know, Malcolm Butler's going to see 14 targets or, or something crazy like that, and it was logical. That's what should have happened. But uh, at least uh, it gives you comfort knowing that he can he can kind of shut down Chris Hogan. Uh, so baby steps there. Uh, he played a ton of snaps. I don't have a snap count in front of me, but he played a ton of snaps. Uh, really didn't stand out one way or the other. And, you know, like some somebody asked me during the game if, if he was even playing. I really didn't know. Uh, so that's what you want to see. Uh, just kind of righted the ship just a little bit there. Now we just need the consistency to come through. Yeah, and, you know, Rebel said Avadori played like a number one corner yesterday. I think he's a dynamic player who can play multiple coverages and multiple techniques. So, you know, again, we talked about how it's amazing how quickly he's become that guy because there was a point where we thought special teams would be the way that he would contribute first. And, um, you know, it turned out that he's been such a good corner. So, I mean, that's just really been a little bit of a bonus. And, and again, you know, you hope he was a first-round pick, I think like 18 overall, something like that. You hope that guy develops into a number one. Uh, we just didn't know it would happen this soon. Um, so that's obviously, you know, when guys are ahead of schedule, that's a good thing. Uh, Derek Henry was another guy that that, that Brable specifically mentioned on uh, in the press conference today. Talked about how he ran hard, and we talked about that um, last night a little bit, how, you know, maybe this is now his role, kind of the late game hammer, so to speak. And, again, you know, we talked about how he hasn't necessarily been a, a hammer type back but he ran like that yesterday. And, you know, maybe when you see uh, David Fulellan getting carries, not necessarily ahead of you. I mean, Derrick Henry got the ball before Fulellan did in the game. But when Fulellan is getting carries as early as he was in the game, it's, it's pretty clear that, not that they moved on from Derrick Henry, because I think they probably planned on using all three of them. But, you know, your role has been vastly diminished. You better take advantage of the opportunities that you get when you're out there. And at least yesterday, he ran differently he ran like a guy who was you know trying to keep his job yeah it's notable that they they played him on the goal line and he, he did well he converted two touchdowns uh had one snap out of the wildcat down there i think inside the 10 yard line so it, it was good to see um really for me though it, it's that offensive line you know if they're moving people the derrick henry problem is going to solve itself you know he's gonna he can run through a hole you know just just flip on the alabama tape uh, and he'll prove that to you real quick. So good to see him him get significant run. Uh, he had significantly better numbers than, than Deion Lewis, uh, breaking a couple of 10- and 12-yard runs there. So, yeah, good to see. Uh, Vrabel talked about Mariota uh, and was didn't just say Marcus was getting healthy either. You know, he, he kind of said it was a sum of all parts. He said the protection was better. Uh, he said the, the receivers were running better routes. Um, and, and that's something we, we should probably talk about. For, for as much as we have harped on the Titans needing a receiver, 
this group came through. They've come through over the last two weeks. Um, I, I don't know what happened over that bye week, but it seems like things are getting better in that room. Uh, you know, Cameron Batson. Uh, you know, he's kind of a kind of a running joke on the show, but but he's legitimately doing some things. He, he you know played a ton of snaps uh, as a legitimate number three, uh, kind of a deep threat type guy. So. Uh, between the, this this group of, of kind of misfits, you know, Darius Jennings, Cam Batson, and Tajay Sharp, along with Corey Davis, uh, they're all kind of coming on, uh, and that's really not something I expected to say. Yeah, and, and like you said, if they can just run their routes and, and catch the ball when they're open, you know, that's really all simple. you need for, yeah, <laughs> from them. But that's something they hadn't done, uh, like you said, before the buy. So hopefully that – has taken care of itself. And again, we're not asking any of these guys to turn into Antonio Brown. It's just when you've got the opportunity to make a, what should be a pretty easy play, make that play, and then, you know, you move on. Uh, to your point of the offensive line, uh, you, you pointed this out to me before the show started, Pro Football Focus, uh, they're, they're, you know, all weak team or whatever. Um, Taylor LeJuan and Ben Jones both on that team and specifically mentioned front of run blocking. Uh, in that did, did well in pass protection too, but also run blocking was mentioned in that. So yeah, I, I mean that group we we think they're talented, um, you know, and they, they've got some some good some expensive parts in there, um, and so hopefully they're finally kind of rounding into form. And like you said, uh, when you're seeing the stats like the Deion Lewis stat that whoever it was in NFL stats and info or I mean ESPN throughout last week about how you know Deion Lewis led the league in you know yards gained after first contact or like least yards run before first contact, whatever it was, that, that's, a, that's obviously a reflection on the offensive line, not, not on the back himself. And so if those guys can get better. And, again, I just think it, it's just everybody in the offense coming together. And the guys on Midday 180 had Ned Orlovsky on today. And, you know, he was the guy that told us from the beginning this was going to take time. It was going to take six, eight weeks into the regular season. And I think we all kind of got a little bit impatient. Marcus wasn't healthy, all that kind of stuff. But it just seems like all of these things, the receivers doing the right things, the offensive line blocking better, Marcus knowing where to go with the ball, looking confident. We talked about that last night. It seems like all of this is, is kind of coming together now, and you're starting to see what this offense can be. Yeah, it's exciting. Yeah, Orlovsky told us. He said by about week six. It took a little longer than that. You know, it's the, some injuries kind of slowed that progress. But we're here. Uh, it, it's starting to click. I think you're starting to see them open things up a little bit for Marcus now that he's healthy seeing more RPO looks you saw that little uh, flick pass to, to John Smith last week uh, the, the shovel pass and you're starting to see some creative things so um, that's that's going to be good I think Corey Davis has, has had a strong showing over the last two weeks and I, I think that's as important as anything he's got to start winning these one-on-one matchups uh, that's two pretty good corners uh, that he had decent days against. He had a really good day against Gilmore on Sunday. Had a decent day against Byron Jones. Um, so that I mean, look, that's that's really exciting. Still need a little bit more help, I think. Uh, but if you can get any contributions from Johnu Smith, uh, guys like that, uh, Marcus Mariota has, is starting to prove that maybe he can elevate this offense after all. Yeah, and I guess the thing, the point you make there about getting a little bit more help, obviously that's not going to happen this year, but you just start to get really excited about what it could be down the road when they have a couple more pieces. So, uh, you know, that, that's that's in the future, but they're, they're playing really well right now and hopefully a couple performances these last two weeks that they can build off of. 
All right, coming up, we're going to talk a little bit about the snap, the snap count numbers from the game on Sunday. Matt Williamson brings the scouts' perspective to the Locked On NFL podcast. You got to talk 2018 quarterbacks. Josh Allen has the best quarterback record aside from Lamar Jackson, but the lowest completion percentage other than Josh Rosen. He's just been uh, complete garbage for the most part when he's been allowed to play. Yeah. I just want to throw a couple nuggets out on Allen, and I know he's a lot bigger, a lot stronger, but he kind of reminds me of early career RG3. What's kind of remarkable about Allen is he is so gifted, and he got better, I thought, this past year, which is encouraging with the anticipatory throws and the touch of his throws. But his deep ball passing is like the worst in the league. Hear Matt with co-host Brian Peacock every day on Locked On NFL. Subscribe or follow today wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, so the guy that we were all curious about, Malcolm Butler, he played on 51 of 66 defensive snaps. So he was out there. Um, you know, similar deal as before. You know, early in the year you had a Dory and, and Malcolm Butler playing on you know on the outside, Logan Ryan playing in the slot. So Adoree and Malcolm were playing in base. They've obviously flipped that now to where Adoree and Logan Ryan are, are your main quarterbacks. Adoree played 64 of 66, and Logan Ryan played 61 of 66. But th- they weren't trying to hide Malcolm Butler. He was out there. He held up. I saw that today. Uh, you know, two targets. He gave up two catches for 11 yards under the two times he was targeted. So, I mean, obviously not, you know, great that you're giving up 100% of uh, uh, catches uh, on the times that you're targeted. But it was a step in the right direction. And, again, we talked about, you know, they would be looking for him, and he was able to hold up there. Um, another else too interesting on the defensive side of the ball, Jalen Brown continues to play a lot of the snaps. I mean, you know, your inside linebackers, Woodyard played 58, Jalen played 53. And Rashawn Evans played 36. So, you know, I, I'm not sure where, where, we're, where we're supposed to come down on this when, you, when your uh, first-round pick is only playing 36 of 66 and you've got two guys playing ahead of him. But really, I think it just speaks to how well Woodyard and, and Jayon Brown have been playing. Yeah, that was the one thing that stood out to me. Evans played over half of the defensive snaps there. Uh, Woodyard played 88 and, and Brown played 80. So they played some with, with all three on the field together. Uh, with as good as Woodyard and, and Brown, with as good as they're playing, that's going to open up some things for uh, Rashawn Evans. Uh, just being kind of that Swiss Army knife, uh, doing some things maybe perhaps off the edge uh, with Derek Morgan still you know, trying to recover from this injury. Uh, you know, you had Correa and Finch playing just over 30 snaps, too. So, uh, But we talked about that a lot. That's what he did at Alabama. He'd come down on those those passing downs and, and give you some speed off the edge. So uh, I haven't watched this game back just yet, but interested to see. Maybe Michael point that out on, on the All-22. I kind of want to see how they use the three of them together on, on the field at the same time. Yeah, because it, it's a little bit of patchwork on the edge right now, like you said, with Derek Morgan being out. Uh, Harold, Landry, Harold Landry played 39 snaps. But, you know, you, you kind of want a rotation of those guys. You want to keep them as fresh as you possibly can. And But they're just they're missing some pieces on that side right now with Rackpo, 44 snaps, Landry, 39, like I said, uh, then Correa at 23, Finch at 22. 
So you've got some you got some some serviceable pieces that are kind of rotating in and out there. That's another spot that, that I think they'll definitely be looking to upgrade in the off season because you've got Derek Morgan and Brian Arakpo who are on the final years of their deal. If they bring them back, which I, I don't think there's any way they bring both of them back, maybe you bring one of them back. But they are obviously not guys that are affecting the passing game like they did earlier in their careers. And so you're, you're going to have to get some more help as far as that's concerned. And like I said, Correa and, and Finch have been good at times, but they're not really game changers. You need another guy that has a, has a chance to be a game changer out there. Then we look at the offensive side of the ball. Um, you know, Johnny Smith played 60 snaps, 60 of 65. He's coming on. That's obviously a really good thing. And, and you know, we, we think he has the ability. Now it's just the fact of him doing the right things and being in the right spot and all that type of stuff. And he's got touchdowns the last two games, like you mentioned earlier. So maybe that's starting to come on a little bit. Uh, Tajay Sharp, even though he didn't show up very much, played 54 snaps. So he ran second, the second most uh, wide receiver snaps behind Corey Davis at 59. And your boy Cam Batson played 36, <laughs> uh, running as the slot guy. And look, he's made he's made two pretty big catches in two games. So um, anyway, just just good to see him out there and, and you know them being able to do that. And I think the the more significant thing is he played four more snaps than Luke Stalker. So they were in three wide a lot in this game, and they at least trust Batson to be out there. Hey, it's a really good thing they signed Justin Fowler. You know, they, <laughs> yeah. they've used him so much. That was still bizarre. He's been an actor yeah. for the first two games there, and they've used Stalker in the exact same role uh, and put Janu back in his traditional tight end one spot. So that, I, I don't know. That's weird. But anyways, uh, where was I? Tajay Sharp. Uh, he's had a weird three games. In London, right. he caught everything on third down. It seemed like Marcus could only find him. Uh, he got all the targets. He got all the catches. Since then, he's played just about all the snaps uh, and, and done just about nothing with it. So so that's a little strange to me. Uh, like you said, Cam Batson playing over 50% of the snaps. Um, yeah, I, I mean, Corey Davis was the passing game to me. He's, he's the He was the one consistent thing. Uh, I don't, I'm not sure why Corey Davis and Tajay Sharp can't seem to put a game together together. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. So you know that's something to watch. But uh, whatever they're doing, they're doing is working, and I'm not really going to argue with it right now. Yeah. Hey, Anthony Ferkser out there for two snaps had the one big catch, so that was yeah. good. Um, Mike, Made the most Mike of happy, it. right? Um, and listen, you can't knock Justin Fowler. I mean, since they signed him, the offense is averaging like 32 <laughs> points a game. So, I mean, that's, you know, something Maybe to Maybe there's something that. to that. Yeah, but it's just hilarious. Like you said, that I, I mean, the fact that he wasn't active in Dallas was a little bit surprising because they signed him during the bye week, right? So, I mean, he was here for two weeks, basically, um, before that game. So that was a little bit surprising, whatever, new guy. But I thought for sure he'd be active on Sunday. And then after he wasn't, I don't, I don't really know what the point was in bringing him in. But, I mean, it doesn't really matter. He's a fullback, you know, whatever. So, um, I don't know. But, like I said, the offense is starting to roll. And if they can get these pieces back, I mean, as as you know, as well as Cam Bassett has played and with his opportunities, we still think Taewon Taylor is a better player than him. So if you've got Taewon out there instead, should make the offense a little bit better. Um, and you know, so I, listen, a lot of things to be excited about. A lot of guys that have that have finally kind of started to step up, and so hopefully they can continue that. All right, coming up, we'll talk a little bit about the Colts line and just like I said, a few of our pre- preliminary thoughts on that game. All right, so the I, you said the line opened at three, right? Yeah. Uh, Titans plus three. It's been bet down to Titans plus two. 
Um, we were kind of talking, I don't know if we talked about this on air last night, we were talking about it before the game started, and that's kind of where we thought it would be, um, with the game being up there. Um, I think the Titans would, would be, a, be a favorite here, um, you know, if, if these two were switched. Um, you know, listen, the, the Colts, their offense has, has been clicking lately. Um, you know, I saw today that they haven't given up a sack in three games. Andrew Luck has gotten into a rhythm. Um, you, you know, so they, they've got a lot of good things going down there. They got Frank Reich as their head coach, who was you know the offensive coordinator with the Eagles last year. So a team that's willing to adapt and do all the time, all the things that you know, like in the the new the new breed of NFL coaches. So they've got a lot of good things going on there. The defense has been better at times, but I still think the Titans can put up points here. And I think, I mean, I have more confidence in this game now, even than I did probably a week or two ago, because I really feel like the Titans defense can hold up here. And the, the biggest question mark really for me was how legitimately good is this Titans defense? Titans defense? And I, I think with the performance they put up on Sunday, you, you've got to believe in them, and you've got to believe that they're going to at least hold opposing teams down if the offense can continue to click like it, like it has been. I don't know. I, I, I feel pretty good about this game which is a scary thing because we know just kind of the the horrors that we've had against the Colts in the last decade. Yeah, you've got two hot offenses, and you've got one really hot defense and one not so hot. So the Colts have given up 34, 37, 38, uh, 42 to the Jets, 28 to the Raiders, uh, let's see, 26 to the Jaguars and Blake Worrell. So I, I'm not scared of that defense. I, I know they, they've made some strides. They, they've been inconsistent. They've kind of been up and down. They've had their moments. But uh, with the way this offense is going, you've got to have some sort of confidence in the Titans there. Uh, with the way this defense is going, you've got a ton of confidence. You know, they always say defense travels. So uh, I, I'm not I, – I, I'm way too confident probably in, in the Titans getting this done, even though they've never beaten Andrew Luck. So I was a little surprised at this line. I, I told you yesterday I thought it would be Titans by one or, or maybe two, uh, so it was flip. So I, man, I really, really like the Titans in this spot. Um, I just I hope they don't revert to their old ways. You know, they, they kind of have a tendency of doing that. When things start going well, the bottom falls out again. So let's just hope they can start stringing some of these things together. Yeah, and they, you know they got the two wins against the Colts last year. No, that was they were Jacoby reset games, not Andrew Luck games. But that hopefully kind of you know took the monkey off monkey off the back, so to speak. This is a new coaching staff and all that kind of stuff. But I just can't help but think of uh, you know going all the way back to the year that Matt Hasselbeck was the starter, and they, that was the year the Colts won one game and they beat the Titans. Uh, I think that game was in, in Indianapolis, and if the Titans win that game. They go to the playoffs that year. They missed the playoffs by one by one game, losing to a you know a one in fifteen team. And then there was the game. I think well, I can't remember if it was two or three years ago at this point, where the Colts came here and they were missing like five or six starters. And it was just one of those games where there was no way the Titans were going to lose. They're finally going to put them. They're finally going to put them into the curse. And they lost, of course. Um, and you know that was kind of what we saw. That may have been Wizenhunt. I can't remember exactly what year that was. But it, it was just one of those things where it just seemed like if the Titans were going to have a flat performance. It was going to come against the Colts. Now, again, hopefully they kind of got rid of that last year, but I still just in the back of my mind, I just still have those those fears a little bit. Yeah, I mean, the one thing that's going to beat the Titans is Andrew Luck. He's back to, to being Andrew Luck. Uh, really good top six or seven quarterback in this league, uh, putting up some big numbers. Marlon Mack has emerged. 
Uh, I have no idea why they didn't use him last year. They were too busy giving Frank Gore all those carries. But uh, that offense is is a lot better, obviously, uh, with Luck running the show over Brissett. So uh, I'm transcendent quarterback play. Uh, that can that can beat any team you know in, in the league. So you can't chalk it up as a win. I mean the Colts are favored for a reason here, playing at home with a hot offense, like we said. So, uh, but again, that defense, that Titans defense, uh, I think they've done enough for us to have a, a ton of confidence in going forward. Yeah, absolutely. And if they can they can hold the Patriots to ten, uh, you know you, you're not all that afraid of what the Colts are going to be able to do. Although, they, like, like you said, they're playing better, and Andrew Luck is, it seems to be back to his old ways. But I still I just, I have a lot of confidence, and that's, I, don't know if that, I don't know how to feel about that because I didn't have a lot of confidence about the game last week, and the Titans got in roll. So, I don't know. We'll, we'll see how that goes. But anyway, that'll do it for tonight. Uh, check out MusicityMiracles.com. We'll have a lot more stuff going up in this. Terry referenced uh, the film breakdown that Michael will do in the next couple of days. Uh, those are always really good. Learn a lot in those. So be on the lookout for that. Like I said, you can follow us on Twitter. I'm at Jay Morris MCM. Terry's at T Lambert FB. Podcast account is at Locked On Titans. So you can follow us there, and you can find us wherever you get your podcasts. Just search out Locked On Titans. So for Terry, this is Jimmy saying thanks for listening, and we will talk to you again tomorrow. Thanks for listening to the Locked On Podcast Network. But why stop now? Check out the daily Locked On Podcast Network for your favorite college team. Find it right now in your favorite podcast app, and be sure to subscribe or follow so you never miss an episode. The Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.